Okay, we now begin the 10th parak of Masech Nadarm, and the truth is that really um, chapters 10 and 11, the last two chapters of the Masech, to deal with a new and final topic, the topic of Hafaras Nadarm, not to be confused with Hataras Nadarm. In the previous chapter, chapter uh, 9, we talked about Hatara, Lahatir, or Matir, is to untie, and that was done by a Chacham, um, a Mumcha, or a panel of three, and this mission talks about hafara, which is actually quite different. So just first, what's the difference between hatara and hafara? Hatara to untie or undo is like to annul a nether, as if it never took place. As you said, done by Chacham, or, or a panel of, of three hediotos, three regular um, Jews, and and uh, if they are able to find harat or Pesach to undo, and therefore annul the nether, it's as if it never was, which would mean, for example, if a person on... Uh, on uh, Monday took a neder not to eat meat. On Tuesday he ate meat. On Wednesday he goes to a chacham, a mumcha, or to the, the bezin of three idiotos and has his neder annulled through hatara. So then, even though he ate meat on day two, it doesn't matter because we're saying retroactively the neder wasn't binding for whatever reason, and therefore he did nothing wrong in retrospect. In contrast, hafara, which is like cancellation, is not undoing retroactively and annulling the nether, but rather saying from this point on forward, it's cancelled. Which means if a woman took a nether on a, on a day one, not to eat meat, and on day two, hafara, on day two she eats meat, and on day three she has hafara, so then um, she will not be restricted going forward, but what she did on day two was a violation of her nether and the consequences, whatever they may be, let's say Malchus, uh, lashes, I would still be um, do her, given assuming that the other conditions for getting Malchus were met. Now, who does hafara? There's two possibilities. It's either a father or a husband. Those are the two possibilities. And sometimes, actually, we need uh, both of them. So the idea is that a woman, uh, really I should say a girl, a girl uh, is considered to be in the rishus, the domain under the control of her father, while she's a minor, um, and uh, also when she's married to her husband. So in certain circumstances, if the father or husband um, has um, some say over uh, this, this girl, this woman, so then they have the rights to, under certain circumstances, cancel her nadar. Now, when it comes to women, um, throughout Seder and uh, there are really three basic stages um, in a girl's life, legal stages. The first stage is called katnas, when she is a minor, and that continues on until she is like what we call now, in, now we call it like Torah bat mitzvah, bas mitzvah, the idea being that until she hits two milestones. Number one, she hits physical maturity, meaning puberty, uh, which is defined as uh, growing two pubic hairs, so, and secondly, reaches the age of what we call 12 years old, 12th birthday. So until that happens, she is a katana, she's a minor. When she achieves both those milestones, both physical maturity and chronological maturity, age, so then she stops being a katana. Um, and under normal circumstances, um, the what are called the simani bagros, the signs of puberty, uh, come first before her 12th birthday, that's normal. So we'll assume that's what happens here to keep things simple for our discussion. So on her 12th birthday now, uh, she now becomes a bas mitzvah and stops being a katana. 
a minor. But for the next six months after that, she is in an intermediate stage, and that's called Na'arus. She's a Na'ara. Um, that's from 12 to 12 and a half, at which time she's still, um, her father still has certain rights in her. Her father could marry her off also. And that being the case, um, you will see in the Dharm, he also has some, he has an ability still to cancel her in the Dharm in certain scenarios. Once those 12 and a half years are up, and she's been, what, six months after she became a Nara, she becomes a Bogaris, a full-grown, mature woman, um, at 12 and a half. And at that point, she is in her own Rishu, she is, yeah, she's her own woman, and her father has no further rights in her, and therefore, um, in the context of Nadarm, he wouldn't be able to be Mata her Nadarm, excuse me, be made for her Nadarm anymore. So, while there are those three stages that are relevant throughout, Kolta or Kula, Katana, Nara, and Bogares, um, the truth is, in the world of Nadarim, there actually is four stages. Why do I say that? Because when a person, whether he or she is a boy or a girl, is still a minor before Bar Bas Mitzvah, so really they can really not affect, effect much um, legally, halakhically. Um, they're a minor. One of the exceptions to that rule is that when a person reaches one year from when they become Bar Bas Mitzvah, they reach what's called Onas Nadarim, the age of being able to make Nadarim. In the case of a girl, that would be from 11 years old. So, for, so a girl from her 11th birthday, if she understands what a nether is, and she makes a nether, the nether would be binding, even though she's still a minor, from 11 years old and up. Um, from 12 years old, uh, regardless of whether or not she has the Samani Bagras, either way, she her nadarm are binding. Um, but the point is, therefore, there really are four stages in a, in a girl's life in the context of nadarm. You have before 11 years old, which during which period she cannot make Nadarm, they're not affected no matter what. From 11 to 12, that's her Nadarm are, she's a katana, but her Nadarm are binding, if she understands what she's talking about, understands what Nadarm are. From 12 to 12 and a half, she's now a Nara. Uh, her Nadarm are certainly binding, but her father still, like when she was a katana, could be made for and cancel them under certain circumstances. And then from 12 and a half and up, when she becomes a Bulgaris, uh, she's her own woman, and, and uh, her father can no longer made for her Nadarm, cancel her Nadarm. Now, there's a second scenario in which a woman is in the Rishos of another man, and that is if she is married to him. Now, marriage, as I'm sure you know, happens in two stages in Jewish law. The first stage is called Erosin, Kedushin, same thing. And in Arusa, a woman who's in that first stage of marriage, she is now legally married in full. In English, we're always sort of trapped because we don't have two words for marriage in English. So oftentimes we say like engaged or betrothed or something. But the truth is she's fully married to her husband. It's just that they're not functionally married. They're legally married, which means she's still living at home. And at the time of the mission, it was normal for a girl to uh, get engaged, I'll call it Arison, um, and then still live at home for another year before moving in with her husband. So the first stage of marriage, Arison, a.k.a. also known as Kedushin, is effective through Kasef or Star or Bia, some legal act which affects that she's married to this man. She's forbidden to everybody else now as a married woman, as an Ashish, but she still lives at home, not functionally married. The second stage, Nisuin, marriage part two, is when she is functionally married. She's behaving and living like a married woman, which is effective through Chopa, where the husband treats his wife like the unique ways that husband treat wives, and their different sheet is exactly what affects chupa, but she moves in with them, or he dresses her, or he, whatever the case is. So, um, when a girl is in that intermediate stage, she's in a rusa, she's living at home, 
but she's legally married to her husband. So therefore, the husband has some rights in her because it's, it's his wife. Um, but also, does the, so does the father. Once she becomes a full-blown Nasua, a married woman, she moves in and is like functionally married to the, her husband. They're living together like husband and wife. So then she's totally in his rishus, in his domain, her husband's domain, and her father no longer has any rights or relevance whatsoever. Okay, so she's totally gone from the father at that point. Now, the husband also can be mefer, the nadarm of his, of his wife, um, whether we're talking about an arus, they're like in stage one, or a regular husband, a baal in stage two. Whatever the case is, he is able to be Mayfair um, on the day that he hears about the nether that his uh, wife made. Now, a husband cannot be Mayfair any nether. He only can be Mayfair nadarm that come in one of two varieties. Either something which is um, some kind of self-affliction, inuit, that she's restricting on herself, some, some physical hana, like she won't eat meat or drink wine. When he hears about that, he can say, no, I'm canceling that. Um, and do hafara. Um, or a matter which is benola vena, which gets in the way of their uh, personal relationship, his and her relationship, which um, could be any variety of things. The point is it messes them up as a couple. If she takes a netter, which doesn't restrict her from some physical benefit and also doesn't mess up the relationship, so then even when he hears about it, the husband, he is not able to be made for the netter. So that would mean, for example, a girl says she's not reading... I don't know, she's not reading books on Tuesdays. Every book on Tuesdays is us, like a Corbin. So, assuming that's not a, that's not a hana, a physical benefit, assuming it doesn't mess up their relationship, they don't uh, usually read books together, on whatever it is, so then, um, even when the husband hears about it, he can do nothing about it. Okay? According to most Rishonim, the same kind of rules apply to a father with respect to his daughter, that the only kind of nadarim that a father could annul um, but that, his, that he hears that his daughter makes, and again, it has to be on the day he hears about it, is either something that's sort of self-abnegation, some kind of inui self-restriction um, of some hana, you know, think kind of like Yom Kippur type thing, things that you can't do, or things that are, again, um, that's with their relationship, uh, but not other things. Um, the Rambam disagrees. The Rambam learns that the father can cancel any vow that his daughter makes uh, while she's in her uh, regardless, doesn't need to meet those criteria of ben or, um, or or inoi. Now, there is a difference, but if a husband um, an- uh, cancels a vow that his wife makes, uh, there's a difference which category it is. Because if it's a, a matter of um, self-abnegation, inui, so then um, it's canceled and it's gone. If it's a matter of just ben the relationship between him and her, um, and that's why he's objecting to it. So really, the, the vow in truth isn't totally canceled. It's just put in abeyance. It's just sort of set aside. Meaning, if, for example, she takes a netter, which messes up their relationship in some way, and he says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm canceling the netter, but then they get divorced, she marries somebody else, the new husband now is stuck with that restriction. Um, and he can do nothing about it because it was done before they were married. So it kind of, it, the nether goes into abeyance, but it, it, they can temporarily hold, but it comes back when, when, um, after they're divorced or he dies, the first husband. Okay? Now, <clears throat> the timing of doing it, as I said before, is only on the day that the father or the husband hear about the nether. In the event that they hear about it, but they don't act till after the, you know, after the day's over, sundown. So then um, it's binding. Okay? Now we talked about how the father and the husband both have their um, potential 
rights in canceling their daughter or their other wife's nedarim. Um, sometimes it can overlap, and the overlap really brings us to our first Mishnah here. You have a woman who is the Nara Hamurasa. Those are the first two words of our Mishnah here in Mishnah, um, Perik 10. Yud, Mishnah Aleph, Mishnah 1. A Nara, so that means she's already, you know, between 12 and 12 and a half, so she is still in her father's domain. Hamu'urasa, but she's also uh, an Arusa, she's also married to, legally married, on stage 1, to another man. So therefore she's in her father's domain, and she's also in her husband's domain. So they both now have a say in her and Adarm. So the Mishnah says here, Avia uvalam fir nedarea. Both her father and her husband are able to cancel her nadarm. Now, if you've been around the block of Mishnahis, you know that this coordinating conjunction vav could mean either and or or, and therefore it's not clear yet in the Mishnah if it means either the father or the husband, or you need both father and husband. So the Mishnah therefore makes it clear: hefer avlo hefer abal. If the father tries to cancel, but the husband doesn't, or hefer abal vlo hefer av. Or if the husband cancels, but the father doesn't, and mufar, it's not cancelled. Meaning, they both need to cancel. Um, since she's in both the Rishiyos, they both need to override and cancel her nether, otherwise her nether stands. More than that, says the Mishnah, even it goes without saying, that if either one of them would affirm her, confirm her nether, that's called hakama, then it would be binding. And the meaning that the other one could do nothing about it. Now, that's really obvious um, because it goes. Well, the Mishnah says it goes without saying, but it, it so goes without saying. Why in the world did the Mishnah say it? Um, so the chiddush here is as follows: If you have a less complex case where there's only one man in the picture, either a husband or a father, so when he hears about the nether, he's allowed to be made for it and cancel it, but he also could be make him. He could also confirm the nether, and then it'll be binding. Now, a confirmation um, could be undone like a hataras nadaram. You could have a hatara, an uh, undoing of the, of the confirmation, of the hakama. And that basically is the same as going, again, you go to a, a mumcha, the chacham, or to the bezdin, uh, you know, the panel of three, and they could essentially undo the hakama in the same way you, other ways you undo a, a, a nether. And if that's the case, let's say a girl just, you know, a girl's... Not has no husband. She's twelve years old. She takes a netter, and uh, her father first says, "Yes, good idea," and he's make him it. He says, "I'm, I'm, I'm make him that nether. And then he says, "That was actually a bad idea." And he goes to Chacham, gets it undone. It can be repealed. The confirmation can be repealed, and then he can actually be mayfair, and he could cancel it. And that cancellation now would work because he did a hafara after he did the hakama. The point of our mission here is that once either the husband or the father does a confirmation, a hakama, so then there's no going back. Even going to a chacham to do hataram won't work. Um, therefore, uh, she's, you know, once either one of them are makayim, they, they do hakama, then she is indeed bound by that netter.